0: That song is the reason that we have Josh Groban.
1: (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Episode Center Nation. My name is Brandon Sparks. And I'm Thomas Horton. And here on Center Nation, we discuss film genres and the tropes and stories within them. And for November, we are discussing the 24-hour movie. And what is a 24-hour movie, you may ask? Well, these are movies that follow a character or characters during a day or sometimes a night in their lives. Now, now, Thomas, can you give everyone kind of a recap on what we talked about last week regarding this genre and regarding, say, after hours?
0: Yeah, we talked specifically about how the time limit of a 24-hour movie can really function in two fashions. It can be kind of this, like, ticking clock. That somebody has something they have to do before the end of the movie. And so setting it within that time limit can raise the tension of, you know, I have to get this done before this time. We talked about that with kind of like heist movies, even in rom-coms, it can be with movies like Can't Hardly Wait, where Mm. our main character has to, you know, he's leaving in the morning. So he has to finally tell his crush that he's in love with her before the morning comes. Yeah, And then the, the other function we talked about, and we discussed last week how after hours is more within this function is it's not necessarily like counting down to a deadline but it's using that time to show you almost to a comedic effect like how uh crazy something can get within 24 hours Mm -hmm. it's using that contrast of being like we've not cut away like nothing we've not you everything is escalated in this amount of time and then I guess the third one that we also discussed a little bit is, is something more like Richard Linklater uses it for, which is just to kind of lend it this air of authenticity, like in his before movies, mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like these are just two people and we are spending 12 hours with them or even one hour with them. And so we're seeing everything. We're seeing all the conversations they're having and we're not cutting away so that you only see the grand romantic parts or something like that. So so this one we're discussing today also does not really have the kind of like ticking time bomb uh, at the end. Mm -hmm. I think we'll get more into that or I think you'll get more into that uh, next week for sure. Yeah. But this is this is one kind of closer to like we've discussed with Linklater and we'll definitely talk a lot about American Graffiti today. (laughs) But just kind of this one that's like a day in the life. It's more about taking one night and exploring a lot of different characters within that one night. And so we use the 24 hours to just kind of show a tapestry of life within this time.
1: Yeah, and the thing is too, like to go off movies like this, it's like it's not necessarily a ticking clock, but there is some sort of event that's going to occur by the end mm-hmm. of the movie. Like with this, it's the it's the dance contest, or if it's American Graffiti, it's it's is Richard Dreyfuss and Ron Howard are they going to leave to go to college like there's kind of like something or it's if it's um I know like a movie I think I mentioned at one point recently was a movie called Model Shop by uh, Jacques Demy where like he has to go pick up his car at the at the repair shop by the end of the day like there's just like a, a certain task or event that has to occur and usually it's everything's kind of building like that's, that's always in the back of the your mind in the story of this event's going to happen if it's before sunrise or sunset it's it's the, are they gonna leave um but leave each other by end of the movie type thing and like i so said this this works very well where it's like those link films where it's the kind of the day in life tapestry as you said of characters and also it works very well as we we'll talk about next week in this kind of more suspenseful thriller type movie so it creates it, it, interesting, interesting enough like even in a movie like this it's it's with having that event at the end it will always create some sort of suspense just maybe not the suspense you think in an action film there's always a question of like yeah. will this thing will this certain thing happen by the end of the movie and that occurs in some way today in a small way with certain characters of like will a certain thing happen in the dance contest mm-hmm. and so yeah so what is today's movie thomas we haven't said it yet
0: so today's movie is the 1978 film thank god it's friday uh, directed by robert Klein it is uh it's available to stream on amazon prime yep. if you listen to this episode and want to check it out uh and also available to rent you know wherever you rent digital movies
1: and it looks good on amazon prime by the way because sometimes prime
0: mm-hmm.
1: prime like prime streaming can like especially with older films they don't look that great because they're like bad prints but this i don't know if this was the criterion print or that what criterion used or something
0: but it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's well we, done. We talked about this last week, but I saw this, I was introduced to this movie on the Criterion channel mm-hmm. um, and then it popped up on Amazon after they took it off. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm wondering if it's a file yeah. that they shared over to Amazon afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it looks good. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Great soundtrack.
1: So yeah, so, who, so you said who directed it? So who who's all in this movie? Because it's a, it's a big... It's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a
0: little cast intro. So um, we've got Jeff Goldblum and uh, Paul Jabara who were both somewhat established actors at the time. But then this is also the screen debut of Deborah Winger, mm-hmm. uh, Donna Summer, uh, Valerie Landsberg, and Chick Venera, amongst many others. Um, mm-hmm. And it was written by Armian Bernstein, who would go on to uh, become a pretty prolific producer not long after the release of this film. And then it was co written and directed by Robert Klein.
1: And, and you know, I know who else is on, on the producing team
0: uh yes lauren schuler
1: oh i oh i didn't see her yeah okay yeah. i was i saw rob yeah. co i saw rob cohen
0: it's who i oh, am yeah, yeah. uh
1: from but yeah Fa- fast and the furious wow i didn't a lot of people <laughs> in the making. yeah lauren
0: schuler was also on this one who yeah. went on to for for a time period was the kevin feige of the fox marvel universe yeah so Before Brandon, before I ask you for your initial initial thoughts, I do want to talk a little bit about why I picked this one. So, when when this genre came up, we've we've talked about we've circled this this genre genre for a a while while on this podcast. We've done one episode where we did kind of broad strokes of it. Yeah, and so you know the movies that come to mind like American Graffiti, we've already covered. We've covered Dazed and Confused, and we've done a little bit of Can't Hardly Wait as well. Those are all three movies within this specific subgenre of 24 hour movies. And so this is one that I had watched and does it hold up to any of those movies? I don't think so, but uh, we'll we'll discuss, (laughs) but I do think it's kind of an interesting case study and not only, you know, how can you kind of not live up to the promise of something like American graffiti, but also it's, it's something that's interesting to revisit in the lens that is ever evolving of disco. Um, I know that I specifically kind of had my, eyes opened to you know the the socio-political aspect of disco from mm-hmm. last year's Bee Gees documentary yeah um which i was not expecting <laughs> to happen going into a documentary about the Bee Gees, but they have a really great segment kind of about the the like anti-disco movement yeah sentiment yeah. and specifically how you know even though it claimed it all claimed to be levied against like it was like anti-commercialism it was really lashing out against a musical genre and a cultural aspect that was you know had its roots in african-american culture and lgbtq culture and so it's pretty interesting now to look back and see they, they talk specifically about that like death of disco um at the ballpark where everybody burned their yeah. records and they have they have someone who was there as an usher being like this was a profoundly white male angry audience like out to destroy disco And and so, yeah, I I think this is all these are all interesting things to discuss specifically with this movie. And and also just a kind of wild cast and to see, you know, what everybody went on to do, which is something always fun with these big ensemble movies like this, especially because I think a lot of these are kind of made on the cheap. And so they don't have stars. Yeah. So it's always fun. You know, if you take a big group of like 12 people who are all breaking out at the time in Hollywood, it's just a lot of fun to see where they went. But anyway so yeah that's that's my intro but brandon what are your initial thoughts on thank god it's friday that's a good point to
1: bring up real quick about the 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 the, the way disco the social political aspect of disco like i mean when you say that it also reminds me of like woodstock 99 like all these mm-hmm. different things of like it's usually as as we all know uh a lot of stuff a lot of problems it's it's angry angry white guys who get upset by something and have to <laughs> And have to make sure their 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 stance is made. Um, so thank God it's Friday. So I never seen this film before. Thomas had mentioned to me before when it was on Criterion and, and it was when Thomas was doing kind of a Criterion uh trying to trying to watch a Criterion movie a week is what it was, right? That's that's what you were mm-hmm. doing. Um and uh so I finally watched it for this episode. And so here's the thing, I really like these movies of this era. It reminds me of another movie called Skate Town USA with uh Mm -hmm. patrick swayze and and um scott Bayos in it and kind of other against other young stars and yeah it's very much what's interesting is like it's trying to capture a trend that's happening in the world and disco being that thing it's like it's almost like with movies like this it's (laughs) it's like they're being made to capture disco but by the time it's being released, disco is probably dying at that moment yeah. in time. So, so yeah, it's just like let's just throw a bunch of great so- like so- songs on it. Um, let's uh, get a bunch of young people, as you said, and let's. It's so like you can tell it's like made for cheap because it's always like one location. It's always like mm-hmm. let's put them in. Let's run out like with Skate Town USA. It's like let's rent out Hollywood Palladium and just make it a dance hall that we're just basically just a floor <laughs> and that's it. So we're not paying for sets. We're just paying for like what's mm. already there. Um, and let's just throw on a bunch of musical sequences, uh, with young kind of hot stars is kind of the plan. Um, so I actually, so because of all that, I actually really like this movie. This is a film where like, because of it, I like it almost because of its flaws in a yeah. way. Um, mm. and, and that'll be fun to discuss because like, it's, it's like, it's charming because it's like you can tell they're just like throwing everything at the wall to try to capture some interest is what it kind of feels like
0: yeah it's funny i think i think the like one good review on rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. is somebody who reviewed it in like 2006 and was like this is really fun as like a cultural timepiece." yeah so we'll, we'll come back to that because that 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 leads me to a, a question i want to talk about this subgenre in a little bit but yeah let's dive into a little bit about how this movie got made because like you said it was definitely a concerted effort to capture pop culture um so may or may not be a surprise to you that this was a movie dreamed up in a boardroom (laughs) by a team of studio heads and record producers in the 1977 in the months following the breakout success of saturday night fever everyone was scrambling to milk money out of the disco phase this is A genre that had been rising in nightclubs in major cities, kind of underground, like we said before, and primarily African-American dance clubs and LGBTQ dance clubs and had just with Saturday Night Fever had kind of exploded onto the pop culture scene. So this was obviously conceived as a marriage of Saturday Night Fever and American Graffiti, (laughs) which were both insanely profitable movies. And it also drew some inspiration from 1976's Car Wash, which is also considered to be kind of the first mainstream film displaying disco culture. There's not really like a disco in it, mm-hmm. but they, they play a lot of the music. Yeah. Um, and also some of the supporting cast members in this film are pulled directly from the cast of Car Wash. So this was a co-production of the film wings of two of the most successful record labels of the disco era the motown record label their film wing called motown productions and casablanca who was is a now defunct record label but they kind of rose and fell with disco but Mm -hmm. at the time were the most successful disco label so their uh their wing casablanca film works uh and they were they both came together under columbia pictures to produce the film a script was commissioned from a young writer named armian bernstein and from robert Klein, who broke into the industry as a novelist he was hired to adapt his book where's papa mm-hmm. for the 1970 carl reiner film and then became a writer on mash in the early 70s
1: he also wrote the man with one red shoe <laughs> <He did>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've got I've, I've got a whole section for like what people did after that's what we're replacing alternate cast with because they were they there was no alternate cast for this movie <laughs> the writers were encouraged to keep the film to a singular location like you were saying unlike american graffiti which kind of took up a Mm -hmm. whole downtown area the studio planned to save money by renting out a single full disco club
1: (laughs) i really i really nailed that one uh
0: broadway choreographer and director joe layton who was a close collaborator with barbara streisand in the 60s was hired as the director but pulled out of the project after being injured in an accident weeks from filming. Uh, At this point, Klain was asked to step up and direct the film, making it his feature debut. The production settled on Osco's nightclub, which is at La Cienega and San Vicente in Los Angeles. The, all of the interiors are shot at that nightclub. Mm -hmm. Everything there is, is, is how the nightclub was done. So the, the polar uh, pinball room and all that kind of stuff is all straight out of that Mm -hmm. club. Um, as mentioned, some of the cast was picked up from Car Wash, including Ray Vitay as the club DJ Bobby Speed and Dwayne Jesse as the Commodore's roadie Floyd. The rest of the cast was made up almost entirely of newcomers, save for Jeff Goldblum, who was not a household name yet, but he had appeared in smaller roles in prominent films. He had already been in Nashville at that point. He had already done Annie Hall. So, you know, he, he was probably the most experienced of any of the actors at this point. Broadway star and songwriter Paul Jabara was also cast as nearsighted nerd Carl. He was a fairly well-known Broadway actor at this point. He was in the original cast for Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. And he actually took over the role of Frankenfurter from Tim Curry when he went to film the film version of Rocky Horror. Um, He was also a songwriter, and so he was brought on to write an original song for the film as well as, as acting in it so the cast is set the location set we've got our last minute director (laughs) it's time to shoot the movie brandon what are some of your favorite scenes from thank god it's friday
1: well the thing about this movie that it's again this is a a a fun thing about it and a flaw about it is there's so many subplots of different (laughs) characters in this film and it's like there's just like little ones that i love but like I think I think one guy that just for some reason stands out to me is Marv Gomez, the character of Marv Gomez. Mm-hmm. I'm just like he gets he gets kind of the one big like dance number is what it is yeah. in the park the leather king, the leather king, the leather man or whatever it is. Um and he's dancing on on the on the roofs of the car in the parking like oh you need you need mm-hmm. a leather jacket man that's what you need to do. Um I just think he's just he's what's weird about him is like he's such like a nice guy to people <laughs>
0: it's, that's what I love about it. He's just—he just cares about dancing. Yeah, everything cares, else, is everything else is bullshit. Everything else is bullshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's just amazing. Um, I—that feels like i'm for some reason that feels like a character that would be in a modern day comedy. Like something yeah. about that guy, I was like, this guy's funny. Yeah, he's
0: just—he's—he's he's just there to dance. He—he he helps out the one guy, gives him his leather jacket. He helps the girls, girls get into they, the club yeah, like he's. They was, yeah. want to dance. Then he's just there for a good time. He's gonna help everybody else have a good yeah. time if he can't.
1: He's just like he goes. I dance all day. He goes. I danced at work, and they said no, so I quit because everything else is bullshit. <laughs> 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 like just something. Of, it's just that character so fun, um, uh, in the entire movie. I just I love I love his stuff, like the haircut, the 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 mustache, like. The, I mean, it, I mean, it's probably played by a white guy, I believe. So it's a little, little bit of, of a that sh- that's no no. So that's problematic. But I do find that character just like a cool, like he's <laughs> he's, ha- he's happy to be there, wants everybody to have fun, like he loves just dancing to disco music is the big thing.
0: I'm here every night,
1: dancing and dancing and dancing. Yeah, so she likes to dance a lot too. I dance every day, all day long. I never stop. Nothing else matters. Everything else is bullshit. I dance in my job. They tell me to stop.
0: Do I stop? No. Do they fire me? Yes. Do I care? No. And why? Because I'm a
1: dancer. Only when I am dancing do I know I'm alive. Only when I'm dancing do I feel free. Only when I'm dancing do I know who I am.
0: Who are you? i'm marv gomez the leather man
1: i like the scene where like all the main women are like crying in the bathroom Mm -hmm. at that one part where it's like deborah winger and donna summer and the two teenage girls the married woman they're all just kind of in there around the same exact time not really interacting with one another but like they're all just there and they're all just like everything's going wrong for all of them tonight. And just something in that scene like motivates them all to kind of like change the course of the night is kind of the thing. It's like the teenage girls. One of the teenage girls is trying to motivate the other one, but in turn, like Donna Summer hears it and she becomes motivated. Like I'm gonna get my shot and like play my music or sing no matter what because this teenage girl who's like I'm gonna dance no matter what. That was our that was our goal. We're gonna stick to it. Um, so I just love I love I, I almost like wish there was more of that in the movie. Where things mm-hmm. kind of converge more, but that's like a really kind of fun, kind of nice moment with where everyone's involved.
0: You were right. I just should have kept my mouth shut.
1: You told me that I was the greatest dancer at Taft High. You told me I could do anything if I set my mind to it. We came here to do something, and I'm not quitting now. I'm gonna enter that dance contest if I have to go out on that floor and dance all alone.
0: I really enjoy Jeff Goldblum in this movie <laughs> mostly because, like, <laughs> like, it's funny, look, I was I was watching it and I was like, wow, Jeff Goldblum's really a scumbag in this movie, and then I was, like, thinking back, I was like, Jeff, I mean, Jeff Goldblum's a scumbag in a lot of stuff, yeah. like, it's not until, it's not until more recently when he's become, like, everybody loves him so much that it's like, oh, okay, well, he can't, but, like, Fly, he's kind of a scumbag. Big Chill, he's, he's a He's a creep. He's a creep. He's a creep in Big Like, Chill.
1: He, like he's, like, <laughs> he, what I love about Big Chill, so like, I think we watched the behind the scenes, it's like, and the lead scenes have it, it's like people forgot who he was, like in the friend group, because mm. he was always kind of the creep that hung out with them. They're like, Who were you again? And then like <laughs> they're like, We gotta cut that because it does make sense to him to like spend the weekend with all of them. They yeah, don't remember him. him. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, he's kind of yeah, creepy. And
0: this one especially, so you've got this subplot where he and the DJ have this like Bobby running Speed. bet every night where Bobby Speed picks out somebody in the in the in the club and like it's like, all right, I'll pay you if you can land that woman tonight and so you get this this subplot where a a husband and wife have have ventured into the club and are kind of in over their heads and and jeff goldblum decides he's going to seduce the wife um but i i do i love the scene when he's like he's trying to like she's mad at her husband he's like trying to take her home and then all these women keep coming up to him and they're like (laughs) hey can i speak to you and he just he starts getting like flustered and loses his cool and it is uh, goldblum is like on it in this movie for sure but like that scene is so good because he's trying to spit his game out and they just keep coming and coming and the the one woman's like can i talk to you and he's like what did i tell you what did i tell you earlier and she said talk to me to talk to you later and he's like yes later is not now later is (laughs) later
1: (laughs) it's like a way really late later much later like even it's like that happens throughout the whole night it's like it's like like there's a jewelry shop with her and it's like, Oh, I want this necklace. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the one I'm wearing right now? It's <laughs> yeah,
0: like this one. This yeah. one? Yeah, yeah He goes, um, let me let me take a look at those rings and she says, Oh, she already has a ring, a wedding ring.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he yeah, he's very much just a scumbag. Throughout. I mean, I love his intro too, where he pulls up in the car and then he like turns on the light. It's so like just trying to be cinematic in a way where it's like turns on the light so you can see his face in the mirror, he goes, Gorgeous. It's like all always <laughs> <saying. laughs> No, yeah, he's he really like he he's not in here as much as you think, being as he's the top billed person. But he steals like every scene. He you, you can tell he's the most experienced guy
0: mm-hmm. on this set yeah. for sure. I found myself missing you. I realized I'd lost something very important. I just now found. I care for you. See you later, Tony. I don't know, something's happening. I care for you very deeply, I mean it. And, and I can't explain it in any rational way. This sort of thing doesn't usually happen to me. I'm just as confused about it as you are, and I'm not used to being confused either. Tony, we better talk now. No, we better not. Uh, can we I make have it? to talk to you. No, no It's about last weekend. Can we make it later this weekend? please? Please, thank you. Susan, all my life, all my life, I've been fighting to keep free from these feelings, but you've done it to me. Your vitality, your commitment to life, everything about you excites me in a brand new way that I've never felt before. You know, for me, it feels like the first time. It's as if uh, uh, I've been waiting here for you. What do you want? Jesus, Tony, you said later. I figured this was later. No, this isn't later. This is now. Later means much later, okay?
1: Goldblum is a guy, I'm going to say this now because I'm going to bring it up later for like off in the universe ca- or for recasting. It's like he's that balance of like nerdy and like sexy to people. And then he can be like skeezy. Mm-hmm. It's this thing. He can be all three of those things. And this character very much has that uh, yeah. kind of all the way through.
0: Yeah. Very much that. Very much what we talked about last month with the fly. Yep. Just a, a sexy nerd that takes things too far. <laughs> like, <boom. laughs>
1: That's his bread and butter, baby, in, in, this, in this era. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so other, other kind of stuff I like. Um, I, I, I I like the subplots. I mean, I I don't know how I feel about this, but I kind of like the the bit of the short guy, tall woman type thing that just kind of happens <laughs> that all the time is,
0: that guy is going for yeah, it he's, he's
1: like you betcha, sweet ass <laughs> that's his catchphrase i wonder yeah I,
0: I wonder if that was a conscious choice to do that like heavy new jersey accent yeah. but it's just like okay you're you're in la, you're dude. In LA. And, but when he heard like city sanitation worker yeah. he was like all right i'm going jersey I'm going jersey
1: you bet your sweet ass, you're sorry. Like you just like everything.
0: He well, he's got that when 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 he find, when she like punches him and yeah. he's like impressed and he like runs out. He's like, as a woman with a mean right hook, we was made with for each, each other. other.
1: <laughs> and then we never see him again. We never see him <laughs> they're, done. They're, they're, they're done. Out. They're done. And that's kind of the I'll say it more of what didn't work, but like that's kind of the flaw. It's just like stuff happens, and then like mm. It never gets tied up. It's just like yeah. for mo- for most of the subplots. You have the kind of your main core subplots are kind of the it's Bobby Speed and uh Donna Summer. And mm-hmm. then it's kind of the couple and Jeff Goldblum. And then it's the teenagers and uh Deborah Winger and and the the, the that guy that she ends up with. And yeah, and that's kinda of, I think Ebert talked about it, and we'll talk about it, I guess in terms of reception, like He's like, and this person's in it, and this person's the main character, and this person's the main character. Right, there's so many kind of main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not enough to go around, especially for like a 90-minute a film. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the flaw, but I, I like that we have just a bunch of these random characters. One of my other favorite characters is Floyd, and like the kind of relationship that Floyd and Bobby Speed have over the radio, mm-hmm. where Bobby's just like... <laughs> He's like, Flo my friend Floyd's probably listening to it right now." And it's like, if if he doesn't get, or he's just like, and uh, Floyd's favorite songs is Taps or whatever he's saying. Just like basically, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like if you, get- <laughs> if you don't
0: get here, I'm gonna play Taps, I'm gonna play for, taps him.
1: for him. <laughs> And it's just like every Yeah, He's time. got that
0: great moment when uh so he gets pulled over by the cops and they they think he's stolen the instrument, so they make him play all the instruments to like prove that he didn't steal them. <laughs> but then that second he gets pulled by a cop for the second time and just like hops out and it's like, all right, I'm gonna show yeah, you. Yeah, he's like
1: he's like fine. He goes, I'll, I'll we'll play for you, I'll play for you. I'll play for you just like get the all the drums and then he cut back to him and like he's like basically in a full blown concert in this parking lot. <laughs> he's just like, Yeah, I can play, see? And everyone's like it's like you don't even know what the cops pull him over for. He's just like, Okay, whatever, let's see. Let's we'll see what's gonna happen, and then he gets to escort. Yeah. Then he gets to escort to the to the disco after
0: that. Yeah, I got. A, I've got a couple more. One thing I would say is like anything with Deborah Winger, I think. Yeah, she's great. Like it's. It, I would say she's like criminally underused in this movie, but like it's one of those things like they didn't know who they had on her hands. She had done one other movie before this, um, but like you had to have known. Like being yeah. on that set, she's just so charismatic in this role, and like it's kind of a dumb role. It's yeah. just this like unlucky in love, clumsy woman, but um she grounds it. She like humanizes it. And, uh, yeah, you had, you had to be sitting there on set and being like, she's going to be somebody.
1: Yeah. She just has a natural comedic ability. It reminds me a lot of her, 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 um, her role in forget Paris, the rom-com with Billy Mm -hmm. Crystal, because like she has this kind of like clumsiness to her in that movie. I think sometimes, um, and it's very apparent in this, but it's like this movie or this, in this this type movie, that role easily gets forgotten. It's like she's yeah. just the Klutz best friend. And you're just like easily she just keeps falling over, is the joke. And she's able to like, like said, ground it in some way and make that character like where you like, like that character throughout the movie. And that's when you don't Yeah, forget. it's it's
0: almost like it's it's weird because she's not in it enough to be kind of our eyes into yeah. the film, but she is the one who is like new to the the disco culture i mean a couple people are new but she's the one who's kind of like getting the pointers from her friend like well, you know who's 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 a creep don't talk to anybody wearing polyester um and and i think i don't think she was intended to be kind of the eyes for the yeah. audience but i think because she grounds the role so much she does kind of come through as being the one that she, i i feel like I, when i watch it i can relate like if i were to go to a disco i probably my experience would be closest to hers or the, yeah. the guy that needs the leather vest. I don't know, but, uh.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, anyway, she's, she's great. And I love the kind of the moment of like, it's what's well, the, it's the moment in the car when like the friends telling her all the rules. So like people look out for like, Oh, don't, don't see a guy. Don't da- dance. To the guy who wears polyester. Cause he's a creep. Like, don't do Don't be with this guy. And then kind of the end, she sees that Like all the rules that she told her not to do, the friend mm. did and it's like going off to like hang out with the three guys that Deberwinger turned down throughout the movie you go know, hang out at their hot tub is what it is mm-hmm. um, so like some, some stuff does come back around this movie
0: I really want to thank you for taking me with you tonight I mean really forget it I mean I know when you come to a new place you just can't find people you can relate to relate to I just would like to meet one nice guy I go to the discotheques to kind of forget, you know? They're
1: a great place to meet new guys. Yeah? Like, what kind of men go here?
0: Live ones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Daddy, <laughs> ah, I'm sorry!
1: Dude, that was gonna... I'm really sorry. Oh, no, it'll dry. I'm sorry. I mean, not tonight, you know, but it'll dry. Here, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get swell. it. Oh, oh, I knew that would come in handy. Oh, you're... I'm sorry! What's your last one?
0: Last dance, man. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure yeah uh, yeah you gotta say last dance
0: That song that's such a good song honestly i did not know before i watched this movie for the first time no i didn't clue. even know it was an oscar song i didn't know it was a it was a movie song but uh yeah it's great that scene's great when like he's um Bobby speed is like frantically trying to figure out what to do and donna summer just goes for it yeah. hops up on stage and starts like singing it yeah and he throws it on and then it's just boom boom
1: it's it's like we got a star in the making. And also, too, with Donna Summer, it's going. I kind of like the moment where she tries to sneak into the DJ booth for the first time when she's, like, mm-hmm. going up there with the Commodores when they show up. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you haven't heard of me, Nicole Sims? Like, greatest disco queen in all of New York City or whatever? And he's just like, no. She goes, oh, you're not really and a she, good like, DJ. grabs
0: the mic and tries to sing into yeah. it. And he's like, it's not live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she doesn't really sound good when she does that either. hmm and then it's like she keeps like and she and she's also kind of clumsy in that in that way too where she just keeps knocking over everything. But yeah, I love that she like keeps going back like she gets like the food and takes it back up there. I'm like, "Oh yeah, like, yeah, like I'm I'm the new help around here. I'm helping out or whatever." Um so she she's pretty good for the small role she has and you can tell like again they cast her because she's probably a hit star on the disco scene. Mm-hmm. at this point in time and they're wanting her to like just like pop in this movie um it's very much like yeah it feels like she's like she because i think she's on she's on the at least the poster now that they have she's the main person they mm-hmm. the show um so she's definitely the draw they're going for and was she a motown person do we know do we know like what what label she was under
0: i think she was with casablanca she? i think okay. the commodores were with motown and she was that, with casablanca you're right
1: that makes sense that makes sense okay cool
0: All right, let's get a little on set life. So the film was heavily promoted by the producing record labels during productions. Uh, There's an article where a reporter was behind the scenes and they note that there were often more TV cameras on set than film cameras because they just always (laughs) were bringing like reporters on to interview people. They said Donna Summer was just always doing interviews Uh whenever she wasn't uh, shooting anything. Reports from the set indicate that though disco was made popular by the marginalized communities we discussed earlier, the, and even though the, the cast was fairly diverse, racially diverse at the time, um, the studio was very nervous about including LGBTQ films, LGBTQ themes in the film. Uh, specifically, a scene in which two men shun Deborah Winger to dance with each other. The the writers, the the director were like, "The scene's fine, it's it's fine." But the studio was like, "We we really don't know. This might turn people off." So they like heavily test screen the film specifically for that scene and it sounds like they were kind of like going in and being like are you guys okay are you guys okay with this scene and people were like yeah no it's fine like they were really paranoid that like that one scene was gonna like tank the whole movie yeah
1: 45 minutes into it they're like that's gonna be it that's gonna end the film for yeah. us
0: two guys dancing together i'm out yeah uh other than the opening shots around la and of characters getting ready for the night the entire film was shot inside osco's nightclub with the entire production budget coming out to two million dollars okay
1: that's not terrible i mean it's for that what's that what's that inflation wise that's probably not a lot actually
0: yeah because you didn't have to pay the cast much in this one that's for true sure. it's,
1: you're, you're, you're probably paying for music licensing. well even then music licensing was way cheaper back well if you've got
0: if you've got motown and casablanca attached already you're just getting yeah
1: it doesn't matter that's why so that's why um uh to go to skate town usa that's why that movie was it's so hard to find nowadays i think i just got blu-ray not too long ago but like it's because the music licensings are just like it's insane like it's like the jacksons yeah. are on there earth when it fires on there
0: yeah the the soundtrack was so large for this movie it was a three disc vinyl release plus wow. a single for last dance so if you bought it it came with three discs and and single. a fourth like little single one wow yeah. that's
1: that's a, that's a that's a that's a box set right there yeah it's about okay it's about 8.4 million dollars today so that's that's a low yeah, budget film it's not bad yeah it's not bad at yeah. all
0: so for some aftermath uh as you had mentioned by the time this film debuted the backlash against disco had already begun (laughs) it's it's a weird it's weird that you can track the mainstream of disco which is a musical genre through film but 1977 Saturday Night Fever you can say that is as far as like pop culture Mm -hmm. mainstream disco goes Saturday Night Fever is the beginning yeah and Xanadu in 1980 is the end yeah you know, by the time Xanadu came out, everybody was like, oh, disco. So you got you got three years. It's just such an interesting yeah, period genre as far as that goes. Um, so, yeah, reviews were, were swift and scathing with many critics leveling the same critiques at the film that disco as a musical genre was already hearing at the time. It was vapid. It was commercialist. It was glitzy, et cetera, et cetera. A quote from Roger Ebert says, you know what the problem with tgif is when you describe it it sounds like a lot more fun than it is when you see it the people who columbia the people at columbia who sunk a fortune in the promotional campaign must be realizing that about now the rest of us world wearied and grimly experienced have old very true news for them thank god it's friday is just the first half of what good lord it's just the first half good lord it's saturday is the second half (laughs) so roger ebert i guess was saying this movie is going to leave you feeling hungover, but um yeah he was not a fan one star fan. from roger ebert yeah
1: and yeah what, and i think malton gave it like a bomb or something malton didn't like yeah that malton
0: or... called it a bomb yeah and he and the problem with this film really is since it was made to appeal to a broad audience it also didn't really resonate with these marginalized communities who had helped popularize, popularize disco mm-hmm. either yeah um so, you know, you're making a movie about disco, but you're ch- really trying to appeal to the people who don't like disco in the first place is it's a tough time. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's tough sell. like I keep saying this was a volatile period in pop culture where you had maybe six months to really cash in on this phase and then everything was downhill and then people were just mad at disco after at this, that. yeah
1: well so i think of, like i guess i think of movies like skate town usa where that brings in the fad of like roller skating with disco mm. there's a movie called roller boogie with uh linda blair it came that came out around the same exact time in 79 like it's a lot of just like stuff happening with disco and no one no one cares at a certain point <laughs> like you just see it like starting it's like by like it's like, like you said xanadu is kind of the nail in the coffin with it like that's mm. like how much does that movie make at the bottom well also it's like and that's like the one that's like oh like they have all the big stars in it they try to make it like a prestige thing is kind of the thing and that's what just like it goes horribly wrong it's like it's it was a 20 million dollar budget for xanadu and it made 23 million and that's kind of like it and it was probably supposed to be this yeah. huge, like on level of Saturday night fever. And it's not.
0: So the film still fared fairly well at the box office. I mean, especially since it had the, such a low production cost. Mm-hmm. So it de- debuted at second place in the box office and went on to make over 7 million close, close to $8 million at the mm-hmm. box office. So, you know, you're still quadrupling your here. Yeah, your, bu- your production investment.
1: budget. That's, that's the easy way to make money.
0: The f- and so at this point, the film might have faded into obscurity, if not for the legacy of its cast and um also it's academy award win for best original song for last dance at the 1979 oscars this is often you said leonard malton called it a bomb he also regularly brought this movie up as the worst film to ever win an academy award
1: (laughs) dang Maltz, lenny Maltz, coming with some hot fire
0: yep like like we mentioned it was for the song last dance performed by donna summer in the film and written by cast member paul jabara so you know good for them yeah look, look
1: at look yeah i'm looking at the 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 list of the people who were who were up that year um i think it's the best one so the only only one that gives it gives it a, like, like a run for its money maybe is hopelessly devoted to you from greece
0: from greece uh, oh. that's that, it, that was that was not from the, not the, play. From the original that play was that was not from the original musical okay
1: uh so that was nominated yeah one of the most famous songs in the musical not from the musical it's like cabaret it's like cabaret the three best songs i think from in, in the original cabaret movie are not from the original musical <laughs> they were added <laughs> into the movie i think uh yeah it's like thank god's friday last dance foul play with chevy chase and goldie Hahn, a song called ready to take a chance again uh barry manilow is what it is, what it is. Mm. i feel like is that in no i was i, was like, I wonder if that's in uh can't hardly wait because there is so much Barry Manilow. Can't hardly wait. <laughs> uh, a song called "When You Are Loved" by the Sherman Brothers from Mary Poppins: Fame and the Magic of Lassie, um, and the last time I felt like this by Marvin Hamlish uh, and uh, Alan and Mar- Marilyn Bergman for the movie. Same time next year, which is a movie oh, which yeah. is a movie I do like.
0: Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't always have the Oscar winning film. The Oscar winning song is also just like a radio smash hit i mean like shallow i guess we had recently and in-
1: with the stars born
0: like this is the one yeah. i can't
1: remember was, it, was it, you that have a discussion with or was someone else of how like there's always like that song that like was in a movie that surpasses the fame of mm-hmm. the movie and this is like definitely one of those songs
0: yeah Where like sure.
1: it, it surpasses the life the life of the. I mean, actual this is film. a song that
0: surpassed like disco. Like pe- disco, a lot of yeah, people yeah. who would say they're like not into disco at all would would know this song.
1: Think, what other songs do you know of that I think you think surpass the like the movie it appears in?
0: Um, take a look at me now, Phil Collins. Is that from? What, that was what was that? what was that movie called? Was that Phenomenon that was from? No, it was something with with Jeff Bridges. No, what's it called? Against All Odds. That's the name of the song. I think that's the name oh, of the movie. Yeah, too. it
1: is. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's a eighty-four movie with, with Jeff Bridges.
0: I watched a YouTube video once that was just like little clips of every uh-huh. song that it won, and there were several. I was like, Oh, I didn't know that was from a movie.
1: Um uh, like I think of I think if songs that like got famous too because of films, like mm-hmm. I Would Walk Five Hundred Miles from Benny and June, like it wasn't a hit at all. Mm-hmm. And then it's that movie and it just like blows up. Yeah. Like one one I'm looking at a list right now, one of them's like uh danger zone from top gun you didn't know it was from top gun i was like are you definitely that's (laughs) definitely from top gun um they bring up knocking on heaven's door by bob dylan pat garrett and the Billy the kid that was what was written for i would say here's a weird one i would say uh see you again by by charlie pooth and Wiz khalifa i think people don't realize it's from furious 7 (laughs) oh yeah um because that was when i think i was was at trivia uh in our our, my on my work thing and that was played as like can you guess what movie what song this movie is from and no one could get it (laughs) and and they're just like what it's Wiz khalifa and charlie pooth what do you mean what what movie is it from it's a it's a hit song i was like it's from furious seven
0: i've got one for you Uh uh-huh oscar oscar winner 100 percent has surpassed the movie it came from um andrea bocelli celine dion the prayer from the animated film quest for camelot god i remember that
1: movie my i don't know why my grandmother had playing cards from that film like that was like one thing (laughs) she (laughs) it was like that was the thing you you had playing cards for quest for camelot it was like go fish Mm. but it was quest for camelot is what it was
0: yeah but that that was from that era where like all animated songs you had to get yeah like a legit singer to sing it over the end credits and they did celine dion and andrea bocelli and that became a huge hit and that song that song is the reason that we have josh groban a lot of people don't know this but uh josh groban was like just kind of like locally known as a singer and then uh, celine dion had like a concert in his town Uh and andrea bocelli like couldn't sing that night, he was sick or something, and they were like, Oh my god, we have to have somebody to come sing the prayer with Celine Dion. And they were just like, Let's get this kid Josh Grovin. And he like went up on stage and like killed it and like exploded from there. So
1: <laughs> The things the things we find out about
0: So if we didn't have a Quest for Camelot, you know, yeah. what what would, would we have Crazy Stupid Love? Yeah. You know, would we have Josh Grovin? Yeah. You, you know <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. who would have thought? Who would have thought that a movie that i can't remember the plot to.
0: <laughs> There's a dragon, There's <laughs> the, a two-headed dragon. Yeah,
1: it's and, yeah, it's a quest for camp. I mean, it was in that period. There was a lot of like the the non-Disney stuff of like road trip things or like it was like kind of like trying to be like a period piece thing. It's like Prince of Egypts around yeah. that time or like uh what was the one with Kenneth Branagh was it El Dorado?
0: The was it- Oh yeah, Road to El Dorado. The, road to El Dorado. Yeah, like yeah, those- Kenneth Branagh and uh and uh,
1: uh was it it, Goldbl- it wasn't bloom kevin, Kline. kevin, Kline. Kline. No, was kevin klein klein i was like it was someone from big Show. it was that
0: period when disney disney was starting to hit a slump and everybody else was like let's go but no <laughs> one knew that shrek <laughs> would be the, the one, one to, broke- to finally break him out <laughs> but now
1: like, go off the only point of like of like getting like a famous star it's like i think a prince of egypt where it's like mariah carey and whitney houston for the ending song mm-hmm. of when you believe that one right yeah our brief tangent on music and movies that surpass the film uh continue sir
0: all right, now we're gonna we're gonna move into our section of of what did everyone do after this movie okay. because it's, it's fun. So obviously, Jeff Goldblum goes on to have a fantastic '80s. We all know this. Great '90s. The great 2000s. <laughs> He's Jeff Goldblum. Two years after this film, Deborah Winger has her breakout role in Urban Cowboy yeah. with Saturday Night Fever star John Travolta, which
1: also creates a whole phase for like country in the '80s. Yeah. With like, mm-hmm. with, like, Mickey, it's like Mickey Gillies Bar or whatever in, like, Houston. And it's just, like, I think that, does that place still exist? I can't remember if that does or not. But, like, Urban Cowboy is a fun movie, I must say. We, mm-hmm. I, think we I think we watched that both, or at least I did for our Texas month, but didn't discuss it that much. Fun movie. Mm-hmm. Fun movie. Again, also, like, a bunch of just, like, country stars thrown in there to, like, make it, like legitimize the film and, and then you get john travolta's cowboy for some strange reason um so there you
0: go. paul jabara who once again played the the guy who was locked in the stairwell did we forget about uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> went on to become a very successful songwriter he collaborated often with Barbra streisand and he wrote the hit song it's raining men oh wow uh very successful he f- kind of Famously, it was one of the first kind of celebrities in the public eye to pass away from complications due to AIDS in mm-hmm. uh, 1992. John Friedrich, who played his friend Ken, would go on to act in two pretty successful projects in the 80s. He was in The Wanderers and uh... was in the uh, miniseries The Thorn-, Thorn-, Thorn Birds. Very successful miniseries. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but after the Thornbirds completely retired from acting. Wow. It's never done anything since.
1: Those stories always fascinate me of just people who like blow up on something. They're just like, I'm done.
0: Yep, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, two years after the release of this film, Valerie Landsberg, who played the dance champion Franny, would break out as one of the leads in the TV show Fame. Writer director Robert Klein would go on to write many comedies, including National Lampoon's European Vacation, Weekend at Bernie's, and The Man with One, one Red Shoe, Shoe yeah. personal favorite. <laughs> Uh, but would only direct one more film in his career. Weekend at Bernie's two.
1: I mean, easily like the lesser of the two. Weekend at Bernie's <laughs> wrote the first one. And the first one's fun, you know, and and the second one's like, I mean, let's be real. How can you keep that? How can you keep that body from <laughs> not decomposing for two whole movies? Come on, like they go and they go to island. That's like they go. To Jama- I think they go to Jamaica is what it is. That's yeah. That's that's hard to do it's hard to do
0: and while we were talking about original song oscars this movie has one other original song oscar tied up to it terry nunn who played franny's friend Jeannie, a year after this film helped form the band berlin she was the lead singer oh wow and they went on to win an oscar for take my breath away in top gun
1: wow that's that's interesting Wow, well, okay a couple top gun so- references today it sounds like <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that she. Yeah, I didn't know that she. Uh, did she ever act again, or was it just did just like straight singing from after this?
0: she. I think she mostly just focused on Berlin. She had done a. I don't know if this was her debut. She. I know she. I read an article once that she had auditioned for uh, Princess Leia and was like on the short list. That's what for, I'm
1: reading. Yeah, she was. A, she did Princess, Princess Leia. in Seventy six. If she gets Leia, what career does that have? Then we don't get take my breath away.
0: Oh man. Think about that dun, for a dun, second. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
1: Top Gun isn't as memorable if you don't have that, if Carrie Fisher doesn't you have get, that
0: playing every other yeah, scene. Yeah, every other
1: scene. Okay, anyone, anyone else else in the group? I know the guy, the the guy Rafe uh, Vitt, who plays Bobby Speed, I think he died young. He died yes, 33. Yes, actually
0: very mysterious circumstances. Yeah. He had some sort of episode where his neighbors called the police that he had been speaking in tongues for like like the full day and police came may or may not have mishandled the situation and he died in the in the police custody it was later said that the coroner said there were no injuries that would show that the police had killed him but also mm-hmm. we, we you know we know it's, how that it's goes LA, it was a lapd in the 80s so. our last one our last legacy of the film is uh the very same year that dwayne jesse ap- appeared in this film as floyd oh he yeah was featured in another film National Lampoon's Animal House playing the character of Otis Day. Yeah,
1: Otis Day in the Nights.
0: He would later famously legally change his name to Otis Day so he could perform <laughs> as the character uh, throughout the country.
1: Yeah, so when we were, when I was watching the movie, I was like, where do I know this guy from?
0: And I just like... You're like, Dwayne Jesse, I don't know that name.
1: And then I was like looking at, I was looking at the, the cast, so I was like, is this the dude from Animal House?
0: And then I clicked <laughs> and I was like,
1: it is the dude from Animal House. <laughs> Good good comedic performance and, and 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 thank God it's Friday. also I mean good comedic performance a little bit in amel House for the look he gives at the bar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's really fun in this one. He's great, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what worked for this film?
1: What worked about it? So um I I like the setting of this movie. Like I like the con like the conceit and concept of the film and like what it's trying to capture. Of, of it's very much a time capsule of an era and i really i really enjoy that um i think i think i think the, star, the people who become stars are stars in this movie i think Gull bloom and winger like you can just tell like have big careers ahead of them no matter how brief their role is in this film they just they have that kind of uh charisma um in this film so that that mm. i think really works again like i said i like the subplots we'll get into the kind of like what didn't work but i like that they're attempting they're attempting something bigger than what say american graffiti might or even saturday Night theater might but they just don't have the the ability and know how to do it like they they, they want to make an altman film for like teens and 20 mm. year olds but they just don't know how to do it
0: yeah that was a couple of things i've seen in in people who enjoyed the movie i haven't seen anybody in like, a negative review, like, levy the word Altman-esque. Yeah. But, but the people who enjoyed it are like, yeah, this this aspires to be it does. Nashville with disco. Yeah, <laughs> it does. doesn't quite get there. Like,
1: when watching this and, like, watching Skate Town USA, this, these are like – this is a question I'm to ask Paul Thomas Anderson. I was like, okay, how inspired were you by Skate Town USA and thank God it's Friday? Because Bookie Nights is basically – what he's trying to do, what they're trying to do in this period of like the Altman esque disco movies. Boogie nights is that. Yep. Like, and it works mm-hmm. even though it's, it's, it's dealing with like the porn industry and not disco, but that's like the backdrop of like discos dying off. And we go into the eighties and everything's changing. Like it, it perfectly captures that. And so that's what yep. it feels like. It's like, and like star eighties. And then when we talked about two, that's, I think like those three films, I wonder if those were like big influences on him when making boogie
0: nights mm-hmm. that you know, let's I'm, I'm gonna put a pin in that because that's a question i want to bring up for what didn't work copy that but, copy um, that. the music for sure works. music works yeah, Which, yeah that's what you get when you get two record labels producing yeah. a movie together is you they have access to anything they want they can make the commodores this was also technically the screen debut of the commodores you know
1: i do kind of like them in it too <laughs> Like you can tell, they were just like, "Hey, show up and say these lines," type thing. Where they're just like mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, we don't have our instruments, man. We don't have our instruments. And it's like, <laughs> who has it?" And oh, I love that Bobby go- Bio's. Oh, Floyd's bringing him wrong way. Floyd, he's bringing <laughs> 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 them. It's, it's, it's just like it cuts to Floyd, just like not knowing where the hell to go when he's driving. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're two. brief appearance in their song. Oh uh, yeah, it just feels. Yeah, it feels like they're just like, okay, what do we have in the library we can use that's not like by a big star, but is like an up and coming person is kind of what mm-hmm. it feels like. Like we're not going to throw in Diane Ross or someone. I don't, I don't, is Diane Ross in the soundtrack? I don't think she is. Like someone big of that like nature.
0: Yeah, and I, you, another thing, I think I think using that club as the setting works. It like, does. It, is, it does. It is a good setting. It ha- this movie has a good sense of place mm-hmm. to it and it is wild yeah. like that it is so crazy to like watch it and be like that was a real club it yeah. had all these different themed rooms and you could go to like they have like what is very obviously like the makeout room yeah. They have that one section where um, the husband kind of comes like in and is pretending he's Harry Belafonte or whatever and yeah. you can obviously tell this is meant to be like the sexy room where it's a little bit quieter
1: there's a game room somewhere that everyone keeps referencing mm-hmm. that we never fully see so yeah, and I agree. That's why I like I like what they did because I was wondering was it an actual club that they either made or was it an actual club they shot at. So it's it's mm-hmm. it makes sense that it was an actual club they shot at.
0: Yeah, the same. That whole thing, the exteriors. That's 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 the club fully. Um, anything else for what worked? Nothing else for what worked for me. All right, here's my question. Bringing it back to Boogie Nights. Okay. Here's my question for did anything not work? W- Does this movie suffer? if we if we talk about the greats within this type of film yeah we're talking american graffiti we're talking days confused even kind of boogie nights it's not a 24-hour movie but it is it is this kind of big ensemble film does this movie suffer by being about a time period that is present current because that's interesting all question. those ones i just yeah. mentioned are looking retrospective. back
1: you know, looking back on it that's a good that's a good it's a good question um i think it probably does it does hurt it
0: because it doesn't it doesn't have a lot to say yeah. which i think a lot of those days get infused american graffiti it has something to say because the writers have had a chance to look back on it often yeah. are looking back on their teenage years and and have kind of the perspective to say like oh this is what my teenage years were about this one is trying to do what those movies did but it's saying hey let's do this what's going on right now and so it, it definitely lacks some perspective in that sense
1: that's a that's a, that's that, that's a good point because I, I i'm reminded too we mentioned our our classes at film school last last week but there's a class when we took we did our 90s 90s cinema class and i our professor shout out dr todd boyd um i just i saw recently on the Ali documentary he's he's popping around the documentary circuit of late mm. um but he talked about how in the 90s we were watching all the period pieces and how it was mm-hmm. like if you notice, like it was it was a generation looking back on a specific time they grew up in or were around. So it was looking at things we looked, we watched like Malcolm X and LA Confidential and The Ice Storm and uh Goodfellas. Goodfellas, uh Dead Presidents, all movies that were period pieces looking back on the period between the 50s to fifties se- into the set or into the late 70s, basically, is what it was and how that provides some sort of perspective of like how today relates to the past. And that's a fair point is that this doesn't really have a strong perspective. Um, It's not looking back on anything. It's trying to look at what's happening right now, which in turn allows it to become dated very quickly Um, Mm -hmm. because it's, uh, it's of a period now that we don't fully know it's like it's only people who can like relate to this movie fully are people who lived in this period because it's not stating it's not making a statement on the past and now it's just making a statement on essentially the past basically mm-hmm. and not how it relates to the day um you these movies not shouldn't always be super serious uh days and confused and american graffiti are both two movies that aren't super serious but still have it like like american graffiti and days and confused both deal with like what it is like to be a teenager and like the decisions you have to make when you're in that life. Not every decision is the most important decision you ever have to make. And even though they're both comedies, this is a comedy and it doesn't have that weight to it mm-hmm. is the thing. That's a valid point to bring up. I think also, too, I mentioned before is that uh, just the sub- there's so many subplots that never fully pay off. Like, yeah. they're just there.
0: Yeah, and and you know if you're also trying to think of like what is this film trying to say, like they're not very cohesive necessarily. I no. mean, they all kind of have to do with like love, I guess. But um, you know, the guy having to figure out that opposites attract with his with his internet date, yeah, is is not it's the same theme as as I don't even know what Deborah Winger you know learning that you just have to find somebody as awkward as you. out. yeah, know. yeah, I don't
1: know what it is. Yeah. And it just happens immediately once they do it. Yeah,
0: I mean, and not everybody has to learn anything in a movie, but that, that is, I think that's what it also sets it apart is with something like days confused. They're not even trying, you know, Slater doesn't Slater's there. Yeah. Slater doesn't have a plot Mm -hmm. necessarily. He's just around. We've got, you know, you've got pink and you've got um, the kid and maybe a couple others who like have journeys through The movie but like not everyone has to have a journey this this one is trying to give everyone a journey and and in doing so yeah makes them feel kind of separated like you said the only time they really come together is when donna summer and the two girls who are are the only ones who really who are not there for like love they're there to prove something so they're the the two that they're able to like mesh together and then i guess you know ultimately deborah winger and that guy yeah uh, are yeah, there for love yeah, and, and, and uh, come together but and then
1: basically kind of the ending shot of the movie of like the people that are still left you're kind of like you're mm-hmm. kind of main people are like dancing or are at the or at the dj booth or whatever with bobby speed and donna summer um yeah it just it feels like like we never really pay off like the guy the the, the guy uh, paul uh paul uh paul jabera and the girl that show that go down the stairwell i don't know do we ever go back to them i don't think we
0: there's a, there's a shot of them dancing together, I think, during the last dance okay. segment. But then so I think that's yeah. the last time we see them.
1: That's la- yeah, I don't remember them like like I don't remember them like getting out or whatever. Um,
0: Some say they're still there.
1: so they're still there, now at the Academy Motion Picture Library, so I think it's what's there.
0: Now. Nope, I've got that in my I've got that oh, in okay, my, okay. my uh, film facts. I, I
1: look yeah I, lo- I looked up the I looked up the address and it, t- it took me to the Academy Motion Picture like arts and sciences, like uh, libraries, so it could be different. Um, but yeah, I just think I also, here's the, I also kind of don't like the two main guys that are not Jeff Goldblum. I don't like Paul Jabera that much. And I don't really like the main guy who falls for Deborah Winger. Like mm-hmm. that's just me that something about yeah. them. They don't, uh, they don't pop. And I think too, that's the other thing. is like with a lot of these stories, like they're just kind of played for, for jokes it's like, mm-hmm. it's the, oh, like the Paul Gibeiro is like, he doesn't, ha- he doesn't wear his glasses. When he doesn't wear his glasses, he gets in the trouble. And that's kind of his whole plot. um And then like, Wingers like, she's clumsy. She falls down everywhere. And like, everyone hates her because she falls down everywhere. And then she falls down and falls in love. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the plot. That's the story for it. And so like, I feel like every one of them just kind of like a, jo- or it's, it's against it's the short guy, tall woman. That's the bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's just a. It's stories that are based around bits, and that's why it just doesn't really, doesn't really hold up as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, anything else that's not it. work for you specifically? All right. Like I said, we don't have alternate universe cast. We do have a couple of film facts. I've already thrown some of them out there. Um. But yeah, Club osco was torn down in the '80s to build a department store, and it eventually became. Uh, you might have seen the wrong address but it is now the beverly center the mall at, um, oh is it really yeah yeah it was on that corner or the like there's like a five-way intersection right there
1: yeah i know exactly what we're talking about <laughs> near norm's right is not that not too, not too mm-hmm. far from norm's diner yeah
0: yeah yeah over by the grove um yeah so it had been there a club osco was like the fourth or fifth iteration of that building that was built in the 60s with that kind of wild uh-huh. uh entrance way um and was several clubs but yeah then it was a disco for a couple of years and then torn down it's gone forever this is definitely we've, we've talked about kind of la films that may or may not feel la this this definitely just that like opening two minutes is um very <laughs> 70s la very
1: you. 70s la i was like oh are we gonna because I, I was thinking like are we gonna get like a lot of this and it's like nope this is it this is it of entry i did LA. not
0: pick up the first time i watched the movie i did not clock that the the girl that like has all the drugs was a dental assistant in the in the <laughs> beginning I, I didn't make that connection but um
1: oh is she I didn't, yeah they've I didn't got that the... they've
0: got that scene where she's like finishing up in the dental office and then like takes a hit of the, the nitrous oh and wow then like pull, she like pulls her pink wig out of a cabinet and then uh... that's that's how she has all those drugs uh, okay. later on in the movie
1: spe- speaking of la i would love to do just a series on like spe- like movies about specific neighborhoods in la this is just a side <laughs> thing for me because i think like move because like cause you know like every neighborhood's kind of different in la mm-hmm. like i was and, and not all neighborhoods are like given a lot of like film portrayals like i was watching american gigolo recently and like richard character just lives in westwood and i was like why does he live in westwood
0: <laughs> you know it's funny this 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 area with like the Beverly Center always makes me think I um had a friend come into town once and I and another another friend of mine who both were living in LA at the time like went out to meet her and she went to a bar in this kind of area and like we it was it was like a rooftop bar and we like went up to see her and she was like this is great do you guys come here all the time and I was like literally never like, do not go out in this area at all yeah
1: i uh, here's this is something about LA it's like cuz i had this this constant debate all the time where someone will be like, Oh, I'm having a thing like over in this part of the the, the city. And I'm like, that's an hour drive. <laughs> do I like you enough? And I don't know if I do. Like, I don't, I I, I like you. I know that makes me sound terrible, but like, that's a, that's a big decision. That's a, that's the thing you're like, I'm going to spend an hour going there. And I'm maybe 45 minutes coming back or 30 minutes coming back. Yeah. Do I, do I care enough? <laughs> do i care enough anyway enough about my our tangent on la talk um any other film facts you have yeah so
0: i want to real quick i want to go over this poster because this is a the original poster for this one is a bonkers movie poster it's um it is all hand-drawn up at the top it says thank god it's friday with the tagline after five thousand years of civilization we all need a break (laughs) just <laughs> just like the weirdest unnecessarily like tag epic <laughs> tagline for this movie and then along the sides in the middle it's got a, a scene of like cartoon people dancing at the disco and along the sides it has all of the characters in in cartoon versions with little taglines for each of them so i want to go oh, through wild. them real quick because okay, it is okay. it is wild so we've got donna summer the long hot summer of the disco in her first acting role call the fire department <laughs> We've got Disc jockey Bobby Speed. He can handle the records, but then the room started spinning.
1: What? Where is he where is he on the poster, by the way?
0: Um he's he's under Donna Summer.
1: Okay. It's different. I'm looking at a different poster then. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. Then we've got Marv the Leatherman. He could dance his way into your heart and a few other places. Oh, God. <laughs> Gus and Shirley. When the computer dating service put them together, it came up short by about five inches. <laughs> The Commodores—they got a whole year's worth of sound into one Friday night. <laughs> who wrote it? The- <laughs> Jackie. She had more ups and downs than an elevator. Green pills for up, red for down.
1: And like the thing is, Jackie's not even that big part. Of- She's not even a big part <laughs> of the movie.
0: She had th- th- that actress though was was one who was at least a little bit more experienced. She was in uh, she was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest she is the oh is she
1: one is she one of the, uh, one of the prostitutes prostitutes yeah, yeah yeah yeah. the 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 jack or the, the Mur- mcmurphy brings yeah okay
0: uh franny and Jeannie, they came to dance but ended up getting an education oh god <laughs> and then dave and sue their marriage has handled everything but can it handle friday night
1: and what's, what's Goldblum's? I'm seeing Goldblum's.
0: Oh, mine doesn't have a Goldblum on it. Wait, is uh, there, yeah, is there my, another one?
1: Yeah, yeah mine, has, see, oh. mine has a, a Goldblum on it, but not a Bobby Speed.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Tony, he had the best moves, but not on the dance floor.
1: <laughs> what does that have to do with this movie?
0: <laughs> he owns the place.
1: Damn it. Wow. Think if we had that. like, like Think if Avengers Endgame had that for every character. <laughs> every character had an attack line. Tony Stark, is it his last hurrah?
0: We'll have to see. Captain America, he saved the world once, but now he's failed and he's feeling really guilty about it.
1: <laughs> Thor, he says he should have gone for the head. <laughs> Will he do it this time?
0: <laughs> just just imagine being in the police department. You're like, all right, I wrote the tagline for Thank God It's Friday. They're like, cool, cool, cool. We're going to need another eight taglines.
1: <laughs> Hawkeye, he's sad in Japan. <laughs> after his family disappears he disappears into himself like it's just it's it's... (laughs) oh god anyway okay
0: (laughs) all right any any story questions remaining after i mean what happened
1: what happened to certain people like does the short guy and tall lady get together like that's the thing like and like how does tony get home i have so many questions about this
0: how many people hit his car
1: his car in the course of the night night. we saw
0: like we saw like three people do it but that still wasn't enough to make (laughs) it completely collapse
1: just like and nine collapse just like like, just flattened completely like it's like someone just like like just crushed it and he's like he's like don't ding my car and then everything just like goes
0: goes to that is is his designated parking spot that never happened before
1: yeah uh just this one night this one crazy night at at the
0: zoo yeah do franny and and the Leatherman win the second, uh, dance the second contest they got, as well? yeah
1: they're going i mean i think they do the question is like are they grounded for the rest of high school yeah yeah go to your
0: concert tickets if you can't even go to the concert
1: here's a question do you go do you go to the next desk uh disco thing or do you go to the kiss concert i don't know how you feel about kiss We never discussed this private or
0: private i'm sure a kiss would be a, a an experience
1: yeah 78 that's like that's like peak kiss right there that's yeah. peak kiss
0: just like i'm not necessarily i wouldn't call myself an alice cooper fan but if you gave me a time machine and said you can only use this to go back and see a prime alice cooper concert hell yeah i'm gonna go watch an alice <laughs> cooper concert like.
1: um let's see what any question i have uh you know what happens to floyd because again floyd just like Floyd's here. You never see him. They just say <laughs> that Floyd's there. And then you never see him again. Like, it feels like they just, they basically just shot his stuff alone and yeah. like never called him to set.
0: Like, yeah. and I feel like the, here's the thing. I feel like the Commodores fire him because he was late, but they'll never know how much he went through to, to get, to get there. those instruments to the venue.
1: He did so much. He's like, I mean, he played, he's, and he mastered all the instruments probably about the end of yeah. it. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing. I mean, how long does a cup? How long does that club last? Like, how long <laughs> does Tony's uh accounting and and mishaps of all of all the female clientele, like how how like how long does it last?
0: Well, I, I think they have a, a little boom because they become the club that discovered Nicole Sims. Maybe they get a little For deal sure. where she she yeah, performs yeah, yeah. there regularly. But yeah, yeah, you know, disco's doomed. So that that they didn't even know at the time. Now you can watch this movie and be like, there's even more comeuppance coming yeah. for tony's character in the future they didn't even know it at the time when they yeah. made this movie that he was about to go bankrupt when when everyone comes and tries to burn <laughs> down his disco club
1: yeah i love that like they talk about how disco is all about capitalism and stuff and then, and then that place gets torn down they build the beverly center yeah. um <laughs> uh so yeah there you go
0: yeah the 70s capitalism versus 80s capitalism you tear down the disco club to build the shopping mall the mall. <laughs> So awards, this is gonna be interesting awards season.
1: Yeah, like does everyone does like like because it's I feel like everyone's supporting or less in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I, ha- I I do have MVP, but I'm I'm gonna save that. Okay, I'm gonna save that so for Beatrice later.
0: Straight, is yeah. limited. So I don't think like anybody that you would consider like a main character. Maybe could could we say M- Merv is limited? The the Leather Man
1: leatherman oh marv 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 ah uh,
0: i don't know he has that big dance sequence he has that big yeah, dance I mean,
1: scene. he's the only has a big dance scene. is floyd No, floyd's sure. kind of i mean floyd now floyd floyd gets no he he gets like five scenes he gets he gets like five scenes okay um yeah this
0: is a tough one just gotta pick who's who's limited i
1: mean i mean is it the doorman is it the doorman
0: <laughs> yeah you know what i like he's, that scene. he's pretty good and, uh, genie yeah, yeah
1: he's just like, like he's, these
0: IDs say you're 36
1: yeah he's like these are or it's like what are, what are these they're they're from idaho
0: yeah it's idaho like you're 32
1: license. and you're 36 yeah i don't know if that's in that idaho water and it's like you <laughs> can leave and then he keeps popping up of like it's like i think donna summer comes in he's like, like what time is it and he's like i don't have a watch it's just like he's just kind of
0: there he, he stamps the husband's like shirt sleeve he's like "He ruined my shirt
1: i'm a, i don't know what that guy's name is because i don't know what his i don't know if he has a character name
0: doorman if you're doorman. somewhere out there you played the doorman, and thank God it's Friday, congratulations.
1: Beatrice Strader Award winner. Okay, cool. All
0: right, so Annie Potts, X-Factor Award, which this is, is a tough one. Supporting actor, so anyone in the cast?
1: I mean, I see three people. Okay. Two are easy. It's it's Deborah Winger, mm-hmm. and if you want to say Goldblum, even though Goldblum's the top-billed person. And then maybe Donna Summer simply because of Last Dance. I want to say... Deborah Winger because I think Deborah Winger has a character as I said before can easily disappear in this movie mm-hmm. and she somehow elevates it to something yeah memorable. I think she
0: does the most with the least yeah I agree in this movie I agree completely because Goldblum's Goldblum's given us a, a solid Goldblum performance but Tony is also like probably has the most lines out of this entire movie
1: yeah it's like he's written to be that guy like he's yeah. like he's he's he like hit like I said, every 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 side character except maybe Goldblum Goldbl- or every story besides Goldblum's kind of story, May Summer's story is like they're all written as like just bits, like comedy mm-hmm. bits. And Winger's is like the the low hanging fruit of comedy bits of just like fall down, we laugh. Mm-hmm. And she is somehow able to make that charming as hell
0: yeah. in this movie. I back that. Deborah okay. Winger. Deborah Winger. Annie Potts X Factor Award. Has she won it before? We've covered other Deborah Winger movies in this. Um, I, I think we did that before we had the awards.
1: I yeah, because because we did like that the the genre thing or like the the intro genre with um, uh terms of endearment. So I no. don't think we've covered covered uh her. if we ever do if we ever do Rachel getting married, she might get an okay. X Factor award. We'll, or forget Paris, she's great in forget Paris.
0: Legal Eagles, big Legal Eagles guy. I know you. <laughs>
1: also side thing she's great in leap of faith that steve martin movie not a great Mm. movie but she's good in leap of faith for some i I just i like her in that she again she's someone that like she's great in a lot of stuff but like outside of the 80s just because i think the way hollywood kind of treated her and like dealt with her what what wasn't as used as much she should have been Hi,
0: sweetheart what do you say nothing hey uh what a beautiful
1: smile are you alone Don't I know you? I know you. I know
0: you from somewhere. No, you don't know me. I've never been here. That's all right. You want to dance? You're on my purse. Huh? Oh, sorry. I don't want to dance. What are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't want to dance. You want to sit? You want to just sit and talk? I'll sit and talk i don't want to talk
1: you want to go for a walk i'll go for a walk
0: we'll walk we'll go
1: walk someplace i don't want to walk i don't want to talk i don't want to dance all right wait 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 a minute wait a minute wait a minute didn't you come here looking for some action
0: yeah i'm still looking all right gene hackman mvp award you said you had somebody in mind let's hear it
1: well it's not somebody but i think disco wins this one
0: guys Oh, I was going to say Last Dance wins the MVP see, award. That's
1: fair. I thought so. I, see, I feel like that's
0: a tie. Disco makes, and Last Dance. Disco and yeah. Last
1: Dance. I think Last Dance is the epitome of disco. So I'm fine with Last Dance. I think Last Dance is what, like, it yeah. carries this movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and not, not only carries this movie, but it's the reason that this movie is it's even still streaming about. anywhere. You know, yeah. I don't think anyone would yeah. even bother digitizing this no if it weren't for that and maybe the the gold bloom fandom out there
1: yeah that's about it no i agree so many
0: if you look on letterboxd so many reviews are just like i picked this up i specifically saw one review that said i picked this up at videodrome because it had jeff goldblum in it i was like oh hey atlanta (laughs) friends atlanta Atlanta fans (laughs)
1: like goldblum Okay, so last dance is the, is the MVP. I'm, I, I support that. that All right. you, go go live live you want to go live? You You want
0: You want live? You to go live? 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 final questions (laughs) if you remade this today oh you better get ready who who would you cast
1: okay is this still a period piece is it still a period piece okay cool yes
0: i think it would be better to make a disco movie today i think you probably have a warmer reception to it than you did dropping this in 1978
1: i have a few people okay so I, i don't have everyone so i have dj i have marv i have deborah winger Donna Summer, the two teens, and Goldblum. Okay, so I have like one, two, four, five, seven characters. Who do you, Who do you want first?
0: Um, give me, give me, give me Marv.
1: Marv. Okay, so I have two things for Marv. There's one if it's a, if it's like a Latin a, a, a Latinx character, um, Hispanic character, and that's Anthony Ramos.
0: Okay, all right, we're going for. We're going for some, some oh, oh we're going prestige ba- Oh, just okay. wait, just wait. I was thinking like Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. So there's that. So if we didn't go that route, because there's a person that this guy really looked like to me, mm-hmm. but he's to to make it not be like racist. But the guy I thought was
0: Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> just the stash in the hair. Just
1: the stash in the hair. And I can hear him just be like, "It's all bullshit, okay?"
0: <laughs> it's an entirely different take on the character, but I see, exactly. I see where you're coming from.
1: But yeah, so it's it's one of those two. It's one of those two. I
0: think Anthony uh, Ramos might ground ground this character a little too much, you know, where yeah, he's just yeah. like, "I got I have to dance, I have, I have to, to win this contest." Like I got fired from my job because I danced too much. Like you're like, "Oh, that's it's kind of sad. This guy really Every- loves dance."
1: <laughs> he's like, "Everything is bullshit, okay, man. <laughs> Everything." everything's in whiskers okay. all right, uh, i like
0: this prestige casting let's go okay is, it's a is, mixture is, wait is pta directing this
1: we can make pta direct it, it would actually <laughs> make sense if pta directed this what i get right. done with it it's either him or justin lynn by the time i'm done with it <laughs> <laughs> so- oh god <laughs> okay who else who, who's the
0: next person uh deborah winger
1: uh zoe Deutsch. hands down
0: nailed it in so yeah, that's it let's all right <laughs> um who else did you have i have dj okay sticking Bobby in Steve.
1: the in, sticking in the in the heights realm Corey hawkins who plays
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh lin manuels not gonna direct this no
1: he's no he's not we i haven't seen it tick tick boom hasn't come out yet i'll okay. make the decision later but Corey right. hawkins that's my that's my last um in the heights thing uh so then i have donna summer the two teens and gold bloom
0: okay let's hear let's hear i'm gonna save donna summer for last all right okay. i want to hear the teens
1: two teens millie bobby brown and olivia rodrigo
0: perfect you've already sold you've already sold a million tickets putting olivia rodrigo in this movie
1: and millie Uh, bobby brown i don't know who's the dancer of the two probably millie bobby brown i think well no rodrigo's been in musicals so i feel like probably her so donna summer or goldblum goldblum okay goldblum so there's a guy sticking in the prestige realm you might guess this That I feel has the same type of like the people who love Goldblum I think love this guy because he has the same like could be nerdy but is kind of sexy. I think I I I
0: know where this is going. And could
1: also be psycho. And his name is Adam Driver.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it's the same.
0: People go, "Oh my god, he's so sexy!" And you go, "Really? Like, yeah, exactly. Are you sure?
1: (laughs) You're like, I get it. They're very talented, but like, sexy. sexy, yeah." So, so my pick is for anytime goblins in a movie and we're doing a recast it. It's Adam driver. Every time driver,
0: driver hasn't really been, you know, the, 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 the slump, whatever you would say, the, the scumbag in a long time that, yeah, he hasn't. you know, take it, take it all the way back to the girls days. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it play I think, I think, I think driver is fantastic at comedy. I think everyone for, sees him as kind of like the, the dark and brooding guy and very mm-hmm. quiet and reserved. Uh, but i think he's incredibly funny like you don't know how many times i have rewatched his um oil baron skit off of snl
0: <laughs> i i love that sketch so i, much. Love I remember sk- i was, I was crush watching your that episode. i was watching that episode live that night and like when it came on i was like this this one's going to endure for yeah, sure yeah for sure
1: crush your enemies
0: all right all right and who's who's our donna summer
1: okay so this one's tough so we we can discuss it but the so I, I I will say like someone that came to mind I think she's a a little because Donna Summer's like thirty years old Jennifer Hudson's like one you can think of I think in mm. terms of like a powerful singer so that there's that one but the one I went with was Lizzo different choice I like I but like I think that. Lizzo Lizzo's fun I think Lizzo is very charismatic and like I think I think could be a fun disco like type star yeah
0: all right. I think this, I think our movies, I hate to say it. I think our movie's better than, than the original. That's good. <laughs> and we're bringing in, bringing in PTA and he's going to bring Durant, us a lot. Direct of, it. It's going to have a lot to say about the, the, the culture of, of disco. And, and and the
1: ones I didn't get with the couple, who should be the couple? Like Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone. That's it. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Great. Um, all right. So does this fit in with any genres other than the the twenty four hour movie?
1: Is it a musical is the question
0: There's two songs that there's are two performed. songs
1: they're performed and then you have a big dance number in the parking mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, it's a tough question true. it's 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 a musical adjacent as you might say
0: yeah. And then a, a, a disco movie, you know? It's a disco it's movie. Undeniably a genre, for better or for worse.
1: Yeah, it is a genre, yeah, a disco disco m- movie for sure.
0: Um I don't think we're ever gonna do a disco month. I'm sorry. Let us know if you're dying for disco month on, on Cinemation. Maybe we can put something together. But would Roll
1: Bounce be one? Is that considered a disco movie, or is that be <laughs> roller skating movie?
0: What's uh, uh what's, what, Rad? Is that count? Rad?
1: That, Rad's not disco, bike, but but I bike would cover disco? i would cover rad in a heartbeat i would cover in a heartbeat <laughs> let's do it let's just let, let's just do uh, extreme sports, extreme, well, extreme extreme sports goofy month.
0: movie is, yeah. is an extreme sports and disco movie
1: yeah I, I think we should do extreme sports movie one one month that'll just get so i can cover rad i would totally cover rad there's a resurgence of rad guys if you guys haven't heard of it look it up
0: um we could just do a BM, we can do bmx bandits too talk about nicole kidman
1: yeah wasn't a BMX movie. I mean, it, it's, you, you do like, you do brink if you do like extreme sports movies. Yeah. Can we bring on your buddy? Can we bring on your buddy that you met? <laughs> uh, anyway, a lot of tangents this episode, I must say. <laughs> I must say.
0: <laughs> but fun ones, but fun ones. Bring it, we're bringing it all home. We're refocusing. <laughs> How does this movie fit into the 24-hour film genre?
1: Well, you got the one crazy night aspect of it where everything's just... And really, it's, it's like, not am a full night. It's just till like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. is what it is it's, it's like a, it's like from 10 p.m to 1 a.m is when this movie yeah that's another place. story
0: question why does this club close so much earlier than the other yeah. clubs he's like yeah, yeah. We, they haven't even started the dance contest at this other club it yeah. is you think it's just because at this point at 1 a.m tony's usually already taking a girl home that's so probably and they're true like, they're like just shut the club down tony's not around anymore he's not gonna know
1: he's definitely the bad version of rick blaine in casablanca <laughs> like that's that's what it is like if he, he just wants to he's looking for elsa every night yeah, so you have that aspect of it where it all takes place in the one crazy night. I think, I think with this, it's like again these movies have a lot of stuff thrown at you, where a lot of things are happening specifically for a lot of characters, and I think that occurs here, even if it might be a joke in some play in some way with like the short person, short guy, tall, tall lady, tall woman, like that's a very like, that's a big moment of a possible relationship flourishing it's a big moment with a possible relationship flourishing with deborah winger and the guy that she's she meets it's a possible beginning of a career for donna summer um it's it's the possible like i don't know if it's career for the dancing high schooler or whatever but there's something like kind of in that world where like a lot of mm-hmm. big things are happening with these characters in their life i think it's also kind of reaffirming the marriage of the two people that the, the the five-year couple or whatever like like mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like that's that that could be a whole movie in itself, by the way, of just like of like them like find themselves and realizing like how like how to open themselves up to the world. Wow. Do but you also think come back home? Do you think
0: whoever wrote a decent proposal had seen Thank God It's Friday and then Probably. they were like, what if what if this was a whole movie? What was, the,
1: what was this a whole movie? What if this was a <laughs> whole movie? But give me is it Woody Harrelson at Redford and, and Demi Moore? Is that is a that yep. decent proposal? Mm-hmm. Okay when i think of redford i think of jeff goldblum <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so yeah everything's just kind of thrown out the wall in this in this kind of big moment in time and I, again it, it goes to that big kind of event at the end it's everything's kind of referencing at some point to that big dance contest at the end of the night and everyone's kind of are you going to stay for the dance off are you going to do for the, are you going to are you going to be a part of it are you going to like sing at it like it's all these different things that are occurring um are you gonna go live during it for the commoners commodores? Like, commodores to show up like it's everything's kind of happening and leading to this big event not a ticking time bomb but kind of is it's you have the 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 12 mid the midnight time if we we're gonna go live that's when the dance-off's gonna happen mm-hmm. everything better be ready um so that all kind of fits into this genre um it's just this this is kind of the example of as we talked about of how like if you tackle this genre and you're tackling specifically the, the kind of like hangout movie aspect of this genre, just make sure if you're going to build in subplots, pay them off, pay them all off.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely not the best of the, the, you know, a lot of people over the course of one night movie, but you know, it's, it's one, it's one that bears checking out for sure. I
1: think, I think if you're, if you're studying a genre and especially if, if any of you guys are, are screenwriters out there, it's always best to not just look at the best ones, but look at also the the flawed ones, because mm-hmm. then you can easily see, oh, here's what doesn't work. Let's make sure I don't do that when I write whatever film I'm writing, because yeah. that that's almost more beneficial. Then
0: you might also have a good time watching it. So it's a fun movie.
1: At the end of the day, it's a fun movie. It's 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 a it's a quick watch. If it was a two mm-hmm. hour movie, maybe not <laughs> as much fun.
0: Maybe they would wrap some of those subplots up, you know?
1: Maybe they would. Maybe maybe it needed the booking night's length. Maybe that's what it needed. <laughs> so, is that on Think God's Friday?
0: I think we covered it. I'm
1: happy to have watched it and finally have watched it to mark it off my my ever growing watch list on the letterboxed. So, next week, we're going to be talking about the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx starring film Collateral, directed by Michael Mann. That's going to be a very kind of crazy one night where the suspenseful thriller stuff that we've kind of mentioned earlier in this episode and last episode are going to come to a head uh, next week when discussing Collateral. So, stay tuned for that. But that's all we have for this episode. If you're a fan of the show or a new listener, make sure you subscribe to Sin Nation Podcast so that you stay up to date on all of our new episodes. And you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you haven't already, make sure you write us a review on whatever platform you listen to the show on.
0: Yeah, we need to hear from you guys. Just let us know what you're thinking. If you are full on in support of Sin Disco Month,
1: <laughs> drop us
0: a drop us a message on some form of social media write write a review that says you know like three and a half stars I'd give you I'd give you the full four if you guys would do a disco month and we'll you know, <laughs> we'll make it happen and we, we would only ask that you would then go back and edit your review to Hear say four stars, this is the perfect podcast. You know? Well,
1: really five stars. It's, it's out of five. Is it five it's a five,
0: star, it's a five star system. Who knows? <laughs> it's five stars. It's five stars. Roger star Ebert said it was flawed. Yeah. We all know.
1: <laughs> and like, yeah, also you can send us an email at Sunationpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Thomas as always. Thank you for joining
0: me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching. Thank God it's Friday with us.
1: <laughs> and thank you all for listening. We have a list more episodes soon. Bye.